welcome to Stories with Shrinks, a podcast where we over-psychoanalyze characters from your favorite movies, TV, and media. I'm Tyler, he, his, him. I'm Jennifer, she, her, hers. And today we dive into a funny show with lots of sad things in it, because <laughs> most of the characters are dead. Yay! But it is a sitcom about that concept, and we are mm-hmm. talking about the American version of Ghosts, because there is also a British version, but we are sticking with the American import version. Yes. Um, and I I hadn't thought of a get-to-know-you question for this, uh, as always, but... <laughs> thinking about it in this way okay i like this jen if the afterlife is real and you get to be a ghost and you get to choose which place you haunt where are you haunting where would i want to haunt well given the rules of ghosts Uh um, we can smell things yes we can you can sit on things Uh uh-huh and you're stuck to the perimeter with usually like five feet around it Right. So like the house and then they have like the courtyard and the grass, but they can't leave the property line or the car five feet. So I'd want some place that had good smells for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first thought was like haunting a place like like the Disney's. That's then, my thought as well. <laughs> you get all of the like you get a, a wide range you kind of get different areas. Like if you're sick of like jungle themed stuff, go over to the fantasy themed stuff. You get mm-hmm. to overhear an eavesdrop. You get a lot. And then you still get quiet time at the end where people leave for the day. And then you can just chill. Mm-hmm. And depending on your ghost power, that could be really fun to mess with people. <laughs> if you can inhabit electronics and things, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think that one was the first place that I thought of as well. The other thing that I I think of is someplace like Yosemite or like the Grand Canyon, some like beautiful natural place just to see mm-hmm. how that changes over time would be really cool. And you get the good fresh air smells. If you're at like someplace like Yosemite or Big Sur, you get the nice like fresh pine smell and it's a big giant park that you can walk around in mm-hmm. enjoy animals go talk to you know tourists those kind of go scare tourists who are camping which right. sounds fun as heck <laughs> that would be so fun um sitting there just rattling their tent <laughs> mm-hmm. so that would be uh that would be mine either something like disney which is the very opposite right either a very manufactured Good experience yeah. or a very natural experience and mm-hmm. both have their pros and cons i would have to think about it yes i also i was like with yours i was like that's lots of fun i don't know how they're affected by temperature Mm. like when it's like snowing out and also like you wouldn't naturally like they can sleep on beds so i'd be like i would want to be cozy at night and like sleep on something cozy not just the ground they got cabins in these parks that's true the well it depends on what area of the park you're yeah, but if you're haunting the whole park. True. You can go find like the the hotel on site. <laughs> yeah. Or like the warden's cabin or whatever. Yes. Well, very fun. Yeah. So that that would be it. That would be mine. So that would be yours. That, why, and audience, you think about yours. Where would you <laughs> haunt if you could choose? In ghosts, technically you don't get to choose. You haunt mm-hmm. wherever you die. Mm-hmm. But if you got to choose. Where would you haunt? Where would you haunt? Question. All right. And without any further ado, though, 
Jen, I believe you have a new client. Is your client among the living or the dead here? I am working with the living here, uh, but I can make house calls and I do make the house calls over to the manor because they live okay. out or the mansion. They live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I am working with a um, male in his roughly late 20s, early 30s, nondescript period of the 90s mm-hmm. of his born year. Um, and I might be butchering a last name here, but I'm going to try my hardest. Mm-hmm. I'm working with Jay Ardedekar. Sure. Close enough. Close enough. Um, they don't say their last names that often on the show, and I don't want to be completely rude and ignore it. Um, but anyhow, so Jay, again, is a male from what has been reported thus far to me, heterosexual in his uh, late to early, uh, late 20s, early 30s, um, American culturally has Indian backgrounds. And uh, he is currently the chef and proprietor of a new up and coming B&B in upstate New York. And um, I was originally called in to work with his wife who was having some issues um, dealing with the transition and her own issues, but that kind of ended pretty quickly. She seemed okay. Um, And he asked me to continue coming back out to work with him as well. Um, As he's been really struggling, kind of feeling isolated out here in his new living environment. He reported that him and his wife moved out here after his wife inherited the mansion from a passing of a family member. And he felt really guilty about originally not wanting to Mm -hmm. take on this endeavor. But when his wife had a near-death experience, uh, he felt like he should make the sacrifice and go out and follow this dream that they could both share together of opening this Airbnb and put a lot of money of his own personal so there's the financial stress of making this place successful and good but really what he's also struggling with is the isolation of being away from his friends he reports that his wife has oddly met and made friends with a lot of people um, that he does not have contact with so one of the things that we'll be working on is how to be able to bridge that gap of like well if your wife has these friends how can you become incorporated with that group as well while also maintaining a healthy boundary of if these are her people and she wants them to also just have time with her like how do you balance that couple friendship versus individual friendship and also giving him a space to make his own friends so looking into his interests like he is a chef he enjoys going to the local farmers markets and outings and meeting people there and other people interested in the food and um, agricultural end of the like chef world. Um, We talk about his nerd interests. So he plays D and D he's into video games and all like getting him involved in ways of connecting with his friends back home online on those platforms and helping him learn to communicate like hey i need more of this i want to stay connected with you all and even how to make new friends out here in those interests um being able to help him reach out to new people and try new activities that maybe he hadn't been involved yet for and really helping him you know 
balance wanting to be there for his wife, wanting to start this business, and also not isolating himself because he reports feeling very jealous or lonely at times and relying on her, his wife as his primary form of connection and community, I guess would be the way to say that. And that is great. There's nothing wrong with your partner also being a bestie. And you also sometimes need that outside connection too, especially regarding that he's reporting missing his community of friends, given that her interests and his interests don't always overlap. Like he reports she's not interested in Dungeons and Dragons or video games and needing that outlet for him. So again, giving him a space to talk about the community aspect and then specifically the stress regarding making that decision kind of on his own to take out the loans and start the B&B and getting it up and running and the stress he feels as the uh, like a provider in the household talking about you know the cultural male narratives and something I do with a lot of my male clients is talk about you know the difference just between like you know I don't know what it's like to be a dude I'm not a dude and, you know, can you educate me on the messages that you received growing up about what your roles are? And especially given the cultural differences, what were the messages that you received from, you know, um, more American Western lens? What are the messages you receive from your family's cultural background? How do those interact? How do they not interact? Uh, like, what are the messages that kind of counteract each other? And how are you navigating this new phase of life and this huge change that you've taken on and how are you feeling as the quote-unquote provider or the male I need to be able to take care of my partner's messages that a lot of guys and sometimes gals depending on you know where you are kind of in your own personal journey receive and it can be really hard to feel like you're not only like alone out here, but, you know, a lot of pressure on success or your just ability to have a place to live. You know, there's a lot. It's not like a business and they have a house elsewhere. They live on this as well. So helping him process that stress and different ways that he can go about taking care of himself, separating business from living when you live in the Airbnb that you run. How are you doing self-care? How are you regulating your income and helping him, you know, make sure he knows how to find like financial advisors or business advisors and giving him um, like platforms of like, hey, you can go search for these things. You don't have to do everything on your own. And uh, giving him an opportunity to even just vent about like, oh, this one household project, I can't figure it out. That's okay. Let's find someone that can help you figure it out. YouTube is great. But also sometimes you just need a plumber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, giving him just a space to process all of this. I feel like in the manner um, wouldn't be the best place to like conduct it we would probably be doing some walk and talk therapy on the grounds of the mansion um, just because it is where he works and he lives so giving him an opportunity to step out um, he says he enjoys being outdoors we might even go down to like the fishing spot and like to spend some time fishing together 
while we talk. So doing the walk and talk therapy, doing active therapy with each other and just forever long he needs just giving him a space to figure out what his goals on all of this are, what he wants to take out of it and how to find a sense of home here with his wife. And that's kind of like what I'm thinking about with Jay. Yeah, absolutely. I think one, you mentioned my favorite thing to do with male clients, which is get them to do something. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter what, just something. Something. Um, because men in America are socialized to only talk while they're doing something, whether mm-hmm. that's watching the game or, you know, the this tr- traditional toxic masculine things, right? Like watching yes. the game, drinking fixing a beer, the car. fixing the car, <laughs> playing basketball, like all these things are how men are taught to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So going and walking, fishing, all that kind of stuff is going to allow him to open up more. So I love that you mentioned that. I know I bring that up whenever I have a cis male client <laughs> also. Um, I think the other thing that uh, stood out to me and my mind is completely going blank. Uh, you said something else that I was like, yeah, but now Culture, my brain is like... community, nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. mixed messages from culture male ah, culture got it. got it we came back to it again um toxic masculinity of like mm-hmm. i can solve every problem i don't yes. need i don't need a guy i can just look it up on youtube and i can fix it and that is a huge like toxic masculinity thing and like i'll, I'll even be honest i still fall into that trap occasionally where it's like i can fix this myself i don't need somebody else uh and it sometimes leads to frustration on my friends and loved ones (laughs) part when i'm like no 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 i got this don't worry i got this tyler we've been going this direction for an hour and i don't think we're going the right way no it's fine i know where i'm going it's cool y'all i'm just gonna let you know it's okay to stop and ask for directions it's okay to call a plumber with that said, I am the worst as well, like growing up in my own messages of like being independent. Like yeah. I would rather watch a YouTube video and almost like, you know, burn down the house to figure it uh-huh. out on my own. But that said, I have the solid rule of like, I don't want to be on the nine o'clock news at the side of the road dead. Just ask directions. And two, if it involves electricity, maybe not. Maybe yeah. you don't do the lighting in your own house if you don't have any experience with it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my two are plumbing and electricity. Those are the two where it's like those two things are can either one kill you or mm-hmm. two cause a ton of damage. And, and so be a those lot more money dealt with by a professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sometimes yeah. also, regardless of who I'm talking to, talk about how we all have our different forms of expertise. Yeah. Like, like I would not expect. And like, unless, of course, like everyone is multifaceted as well, but stereotypically, I would not expect a accountant to be able to do their own therapy. And I should not expect myself to do my own accounting at times. We have these expertise and we work in these different fields for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, my clients will sometimes be like, no, I have to be able to figure it out on my own. It's like, you do your job for other people. Let other people do their job for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a great place to be with that. So that's my little extra bit on what you talked about. But tell me what about Jay? Because I know you were conflicted. I was conflicted. I was going back between Jay and Flower. And I was originally thinking Jay because I like the idea of one, like picking out the character who is really the different. Mm -hmm. Like he is the one character in the show that 
I think kind of gets the short end of the stick for some of it because like he's so isolated within himself and that is already hard when you feel isolated in your community mm-hmm. um but then also he's also isolated out in the mansion so he's away from all of his friends and his wife isolates him a lot with the ghost stuff and we interpreted it in the session as you know his wife has this group of friends that he's not close to and cannot connect with and again given the context of what we'd be talking about you talking about well how can you join that group how can you respect your wife's boundaries how do you find that balance um how do you communicate like hey i need to have more time with you or like i want to be involved with your friend group as well um and whatever works for your relationship dynamic and their friends. But with Jay specifically, like you can tell he's lonely a lot of the times. Like he gets so excited to be involved with the ghost stuff. Yeah. Cause he's on his own. And that's really hard, especially like after you move, after you're already trying to establish something and to feel like you're also getting left out um, is, is really important. I think to talk about within male culture as well. And I den- I do tend to pick the sad girl stories and all this thing. So, you know, challenge myself to do something different because <laughs> uh, I was going to lean towards flower because uh, I love her backstory as a ghost. But I think it's important to also highlight that, like, it's not just a girl issue, mm-hmm. some of these problems and that guys go through this too. And that is a valuable story worth sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening to part one. We'll be back with part two after this short break. Welcome back with Stories with Strengths, where we are talking about CBS's American version of Ghosts. It's so much fun. It's such a fun show. Um, I just finished up talking about my time with Jay and talking about, you know, just kind of feeling that isolation out in the mansion. But Tyler, I do believe you have a new client as well. I have a new client and a new set of skills. I'm a medium. I can talk to the dead. Uh, It's it's new for me. I'm I'm figuring it out. But now I'm doing therapy with ghosts, which is very fun. Uh, And specifically this ghost who, again, name pronunciation i'm so sorry if i totally butcher this i'm going to use the shortened version after Mm -hmm. i say the full name once uh Mm -hmm. but sasipus um and uh sass is what they all call him uh sass is an adult who is roughly 500 years old Mm -hmm. uh is is native american lenape uh and comes from that tribe which is from the like hudson valley upper new york and pennsylvania area uh, and is may I I, I say identifies as male. Um, Native culture has different t- like discussions about gender and gender roles and things. So it's slightly different. I'm not going to just be like, he's a cisgender male. We don't know. He's a 500 mm-hmm. year old native man. He could have a totally different cultural experience with that. But I will use he him pronouns for him as most people do and uh, talk about him from there. And the thing about being a medium, talking to ghosts, as we all know, ghosts have unfinished business. They have unfulfilled desires. And that's really the thing I'm going to be talking with him about. Mm -hmm. What are his desires from his life that are unfulfilled now in the afterlife? And what can he do to move himself forward, if not 
like move on. I don't know how that kind of works in the show. I haven't watched that much of it to know that yet, if that's a thing they can even do. Um, but looking at it from the perspective of like, for him, what is the like, what does it look like to grow even after you've passed on? And so he starts telling me about his life, his life before he died. And he had a little bit of a conflict with his dad and wanting to be a, he like Sass wanted to be a storyteller, a, you know, somebody who is more on the artistic side and is, you know, gathering people and telling a story and, you know, passing on the oral traditions of this culture. And his dad goes, ah, yeah, you could do that, but maybe you should do something safer, like being a warrior or a hunter. Um, and similar to a lot of conversations we have with people in the modern day, right? Of like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to be an artist. Oh, well, as long as you have a backup plan, that's fine, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That actually, interestingly enough, as we get into some of the later stuff, I'll talk more about this, but like, that's also my background a little bit as well. Uh, I wanted to be an actor. And then my parents' response was, as long as you have a backup plan. And here I am, and I'm a therapist. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but I think the thing being that like, he's having that experience and I can relate to that with him. And I would probably even tell him that story uh, as just a way of connection and being like, look, this happens. This happens 500 years later to a guy who's very different from you. Who's just this white dude, you know, living in modern time. Uh, and, but talking him through that unfulfilled desire to be a storyteller and like, how can we practice that now that you're gone? Right? Like you have, Sam, who is a living person, you have me, who's a living person who can hear your stories, but you also have these other ghosts that are around the house that you can talk to them and tell them stories, gather them for like a story night, you know, going for a very practical approach to some of this stuff of just like, what if you like had a night once a month where you gather everybody and you tell a story and maybe you roll dice and maybe you <laughs> play a bunch of different fantasy characters. I mean, not what? to... Not to put D&D &D into everything that I do, but, but I think the idea of like finding some way for him to have an outlet for storytelling, mm -hmm. even now as a ghost, like, yeah, he could play D&D &D, or he could just tell a story. He could gather everyone around like a campfire in the backyard once a month. And that's his time to tell a story and to pass on like that, because that's really what storytelling was for, you know, those, you know, back in the day, ancient, not ancient, but at at this point quite old um native peoples like mm -hmm. it, it's all oral tradition it's all in the story that we're telling it most of it's not written down it's just what we say and what we tell to each other and so giving him one an opportunity to practice this craft that he really enjoys but two an opportunity to get in touch with his culture again and tell the stories from his culture to people who have never heard them before mm -hmm. and add like a piece of cultural appreciation that he can maybe get some more respect from the other people in the house uh, while he is doing this in this way. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is he had a love interest and he had this woman that he was in love with and he wanted to be with and then he died. Uh, but it turns out, funnily enough, she died not too far away. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I believe there is like a separation thing where they can't get into physical contact with each other. He died at the at the location where um, 
Sam works, so they're not yes. on the same properties, but yes. there is now a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a bridge now. Oh, well, no, 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 like Sam. because of Sam. Sam can go oh, back and forth, but they're they're not yes. on the same property. Got it. Got it. And yeah. Uh so the idea of like going from this point of view of like, oh, we have somebody that can run messages back and forth. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't be together, be together, you can at least learn about each other and talk to each other, send messages or letters to each other. And while it's not a direct, like we, we see each other all the time relationship, you can have connection on a deep, intimate, emotional level with this other person who you knew in your previous life and who you enjoyed in your previous mm -hmm. life. He had a crush on her. So like going from the perspective of like, he's got an ability to rekindle that in a way. Now he won't be able to have any of the physical element of it because ghosts, but also because, you know, they're too far away, but you can have that deeper emotional connection. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that interesting because uh, usually Jen will watch episodes and clips, but I tend to not do that before we do record these. I did that for this one because I haven't watched yeah. enough of it to like get a good grasp mm -hmm. on him. And in one of the first episodes or one of the first chunk of episodes, he because I watched like a clip compilation. He's talking to Sam and he was like, Sam, do you know what's scary? You know what? You know what's scary? Yeah, ghosts are kind of scary, but you know, what's really scary. Eternity. Mm -hmm. And to like look at it from that his perspective he's one of the oldest ghosts in the house the only person older than him is thorin and mm -hmm. uh and he is like you know a viking <laughs> and they're good friends because of that but like to look at this idea of like he's 500 years old time means something different relationships mean something different over mm -hmm. that long of a period of time and so if he can have this deep emotional connection with shiki that is at least something and a new form of connection he can make while also being friendly and colleaguely with the other ghosts in the house and looking at that experience from that point of view. So getting him on board with that, getting him used to that idea, and also getting him sort of reframed from this is what a relationship is supposed to be, which is the living version of it, to what does it look like now that you're passed on and now you're a ghost and you can't leave the property? How can we sort of make this work? Um, so that would be that part. And then finally, I kind of brushed on this overall. I think Sass as a ghost or as a person uh, specifically wants connection with people, but is one of those people who's, he's not quite a sea urchin, which is the the metaphor we tend to use in clinical talk where it's like, I'm spiky on the outside, but I'm squishy on the inside. He's more like, like covered in sandpaper, I guess is mm -hmm. the best way to say it. He's a little abrasive, but he's not like spiky. He's not mean mm -hmm. or aggressive. But like with the other ghosts in the house, they'll say stuff and he'll be like, no, no, remember this? Remember this thing from your life? Because he was there and he saw it as a right. ghost. So it'll be like, you know, like, oh, you know, where did you find this? Like the the older woman who was like the original owner of the mansion is like, you know, oh, where did you find this portrait of my husband? And then Sass is in the background and is like, oh, yeah, I remember when he sat for this portrait and then he slept with the artist after. And he's mm -hmm. like poking at all of the other people about their lives. Yeah. And to me, it's the idea of negative attention versus positive attention. Mm -hmm. It's still attention. And that's really what I think he's doing by poking at people in this way. He's saying, like, I want connection with you. I want you to connect with me. But the only way he knows how to do it is by being abrasive. And 
to kind of walk him through that particular interpretation of what he's doing and being like, so like, be honest with me, man. Are you like feeling a little lonely? Like it's okay if you are like death is a weird thing. And being a ghost haunting a mansion is a weird thing where you're seeing living people come and go and then they die on the property. And now all of a sudden they're hanging out with you all the time too. Like it is a strange ordeal to be in. You know, are you like, tell me a little bit about that and how can we form connection in a way that's not abrasive? So he's getting the attention he wants, but the people in his life aren't being like, you know, shut up or, you know, go away or whatever, because he's being a little bit abrasive with them. And I will also posit like taking it out of the fiction of what we're saying here, like (laughs) it's a comedy show. They need somebody to be witty and make little sarcastic comments. That is why he does that. But looking at it from the clinical perspective, like sarcasm is typically a cover for this exact thing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's criticism with a comedy shell around it, but it's still criticism. And so looking like talking to him about that so that he can form new connection with people so that maybe if he is here for an etern- for the rest of eternity, he's got like some a really nice way to connect with people and he can develop deeper emotional connection rather than just being this, you know, acerbic kind of dude mm-hmm. and giving him the space to do that. And those would be the three major things I would talk yeah. about with Sass. Absolutely. Um, it is so interesting because I, I mean, I can spoil I'm ahead of you in the show, I think. Yeah. Um, they do have ghosts in the world that and I want to say they use the term like get sucked off or something (laughs) (laughs) Um, they have a very sexually overtoned term for how they describe what happens when they either get like ascended to heaven or sent down to hell Um, but and it is having to fulfill some life purpose but it is interesting where like you sometimes see like them really have these meaningful moments and like nothing you know I'm almost like are they even allowed to like I know for like the purpose of the show they need their cast so yeah It'll be interest. It would be interesting to see like what is that kind of unfulfilled thing, and also like that the goal of wanting to you know go on after this. But I would say that even that conversation of like what it would mean to be like leaving behind these people. Yeah. Of like, do you do you really want to? And it's okay yeah. to say no, you know. So it'd be an interesting conversation to have with the ghost. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also why like I stepped away from like the it's not about getting him to move on. Yeah. It's, it's like it's just about getting him to to experience this a little bit nicer. Yeah. Which is the Because he is definitely that like, hey, I'm gonna poke to get attention character. Yes. Um, absolutely. So often he's like, Oh, I'm bored, I just like the drama. Yeah. And I think that's so true after so many years of the same thing, of the same thing, of the same thing. You would get bored and you would be like, what can I do to like stir things up a little bit? Exactly. So, well, why SAS? So we haven't had a lot of native representation was the first mm-hmm. thing. Um, and that's because in media, there's just not a whole lot of native interpretation. Mm-hmm. And one thing I really enjoy about like, the idea of this character is you have Sass, who's a member of the tribe who lived on this land when it was not owned by anybody. And you have the ghost of the original owner of the mansion. Yes. And I, again, I haven't seen enough to know if they go into this, but there's like a whole cultural thing about Mm -hmm. stolen land and 
like they go into it a lot with the revolutionary war soldiers oh okay yeah 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 Yeah, of like yeah you stole this you know yeah yeah and like what does that mean you know what Mm -hmm. does it mean to now you have to talk to the people who were there and who existed there and who took this land from Mm -hmm. you and yeah if you notice that like that uh abrasive thing that sass does often is directed at the revolutionary war general Mm -hmm. character Mm -hmm. because there's definitely some friction there from that but it's such an interesting like i i would love for them to dive deeper into that conflict because it is something that native people in our world Mm -hmm. like talk about frequently Mm -hmm. that you know we all live on stolen land that this place you know this country was not anybody's to take and yet people came and we're like this is mine now let's colonize it and what have we given these people in return small tiny little parcels of land with very poor resources and mm-hmm. very poor you know conditions of living it's you know it's gross and mm-hmm. it's disgusting in in all aspects of that and so i would love for them to deep dive deeper into that but it gives us a chance to talk about that here which is yeah. also really cool um and yeah we just haven't had a ton of native representation and similar to you there was a safe choice and there was a like more culturally interesting choice and i Mm -hmm. decided to go for that one because my safe choice was the the scout leader i was like oh that like when you were like which character do you want from ghosts i would like i originally was going to be like the scout leader like no Mm -hmm. question because he's a nerd he's he's in the proper age group he's you know Mm -hmm. he's things that are similar to me and it would be very easy to just talk about myself but to then go, let's pick something a little bit more interesting, for lack of a better term. And that would be talking with Sass about like these cultural issues, the mm-hmm. the length of time he's been dead, the stuff that he's missed and the stuff that he's missing. Like there's so much more interesting stuff in there than if I had just talked about another nerdy white guy, yeah. <laughs> which would have been the option. Right. Right. Like mine, like, oh, you know, the white female who has grief issues. Oh, what? No, that's not too close to home and so easy for me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, you know what? Let's stretch the legs a little bit, Mm -hmm. like kind of make our minds a little bit more fluid in like what we can talk about and what like how we would talk about these things. Because in in life, like I have clients from all sorts of different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and different cultural experiences. And yes, I do have a couple nerdy white guys in my caseload (laughs) also, but I also have people from all around the world. Like literally I have clients from different countries. I have clients from different cultures in America, Mm -hmm. like so many different things. And so looking at it from the perspective of like, yeah, I can identify with a white cisgender dude, but where can I find the common ground with somebody from 500 years ago? Right. And the common ground, like I said, is that experience of like, you know, this is the, this is the job I want to do. And yeah, it's a little difficult and a little risky, mm-hmm. but then other people in your life telling you like, no, okay. or you can try, but do something safer instead yeah. or have a backup. Yeah. Right. Um, I can relate to that. And yeah. Uh, now, to be fair, I'm doing my backup plan, mm-hmm. uh, but that's because I found the love for it. it mm-hmm. It's not that like I talk about this with clients also. It's not that I chose theater. You know, I chose psychology over theater. It's that mm-hmm. one, there's a big, <laughs> a big Venn diagram crossover of those <laughs> yes. topics, but also that like I found the love for this work and it's allowing me to do other stuff mm-hmm. with the same talents that I had as an actor. Right. And that is helpful. For mm-hmm. me. 
Well, yeah, sad. absolutely. It is ironic that the two people sitting here, like though you you were in it much deeper and for longer, like I technically started as a theater major. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it, there's a lot of overlap that makes you go like, oh, I can see how A plus B equals C. Yeah, absolutely. In this, in this world. So, absolutely. well, thank you. Yeah. With all of that, friends and listeners, um, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please go give a like, thumbs up, stars, or whatever it looks like on the platform you are listening on. But more importantly, and the please do tell a friend. If you liked what you heard, be like, hey, these two people talk about some nerdy stuff. That's kind of fun and share it around. That helps us the most. If you want more like mental health advocacy and information on our upcoming episodes, go check out our Instagram at stories with shrinks where I post when I feel like it. And again, it's a lot of just a lot of advocacy stuff and mental health awareness, plus what our new episode topics will be. With all of that said, take care. Be nice, y'all. And till next time, bye. Take care, everyone. Stories with Shrinks is an entertainment and education podcast. Our views are our own and should not be considered canon or associated with any of the media or universes we discuss. And thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme song, Phoenix Rising. You can find music for all your podcasting or YouTube needs at www.purple-planet.com.